Yeah, you gotta sit closer. Be, be good. <laughs> All right. Be good. Oh. All right. I'm sorry. So this is the start of a special three-parter that will air eventually uh, of me, my parents, and some TV shows about Liam Neeson. I because he's uh, in three episodes of TV shows where he's the like the special guest star, uh, and because it's really short. I mean, it's TV shows; they're thirty minutes long. I don't think any of these are our TV sh- hour long TV shows. So we're not really going to get a lot of mileage out of one of these for a podcast. So instead, we're going to record this one. And then after this one's done, I'm going to have some uh, royalty-free transition music. And then we're going to get right on into the second one. Uh, Magic of editing will make that happen later. Uh, Roll call. Uh, I'm Daniel. I'm Patrick. I am Charles Barkley. You are not. (laughs) Liar, liar. That's Otto, special <laughs> guest star. I'm Carrie. And I'm Nathan. There might be special guest stars later. We might lose him in editing in episode two. <laughs> uh, so I this time, this first uh, show we're watching is called The Big C. Uh, it was on Showtime, ran for three seasons, I think, if my IMDb was correct, and is about a Minnesota school teacher who is diagnosed with cancer and how she deals with the realities of that. I uh, main actress. I didn't actually. Laura Linney. Laura, Laura Linney. I uh, wife of famous thespian James Carey on the Truman Show, who we've talked about before, but he's not in this. Uh, I oh, he is famous thespian James Carey because he did was credited as James Carey in one movie we watched. Nice. She's also <laughs> the wife in Ozarks, which I haven't seen, but I hear. But she was in about. another Liam Neeson movie. She was. She was in Love Actually. Love Actually. So we've technically talked about her before. We have. Uh, But in any case, this is season one, episode 12, in which Liam Neeson plays a homeo... He's not homeopathic. He's like herbal bee doctor. He's a Canadian beekeeper who uses them for medicinal purposes. Yes, like everything else in Canada. (laughs) It's funny because weed was legalized there recently. Wait, but we live in Minnesota. The trick is to use the bees and the weed in the right combination. Yes, sting yourself with the weed. (laughs) And smoke the bees. Smoke you some bees. Smoke Smoke the bees. Smoke bees every day. Smoke bees every day. Nice. So... I thought this one was interesting because we, the other shows that we've watched, we would see Liam Neeson pretty quickly. Yeah. And, well, to start, we have a previously on, which was really handy because it clued us in as to what the characters are about. And, and what their why, names were. What their names are and why they're going to see Liam Neeson because it's bee sting therapy, which I googled and is a thing. It's not a big thing, but it is a thing. Also, the previously on just had an old lady looking for her purse in a bush. Yeah, <laughs> who is more who who we start to care about throughout this episode and will be important later, but which, not to Liam Neeson. Which that was remarkable. It was. So we've. <laughs> I think that's my future. <laughs> so we've got three to four subplots happening in this episode all at the same time. We've got the main character lady. And her husband, who now is basically doting on her more than she wants. We've got her cross-the-street neighbor who has Alzheimer's and is an amazing crotchety grandma. Who has a really great memory half the time. Yeah. Which doesn't Uh, seem logical to me. We've got her son interacting with the old lady in a do-you-remember-things kind of way, which will come up. 
We've got the son and his girlfriend and the mom being overprotective of her. There's a lot of things going on in this episode. It's all over the place. It's all over the place. And then in the middle of it, 12 minutes into a 28-minute episode, Liam Neeson shows up wearing a beekeeper's outfit. Oh, yes. And he tells her to refer to him as BM. Yes, because he's not, he's yes. B-Man, Mr. B, Dr. B-Man. No, no, please call me BM. <laughs> he's probably not really yeah. a doctor. Now, uh, for those of you not keeping score at home, I, and this won't have been last week, but the last movie we watched in reality is Taken. So one, that's going to date when we started doing this three-parter. Two, this is a wildly different performance. <laughs> Like screeching to a completely different wavelength. Yeah, in, at one point the, he was terms cuddling of a jar of bees. Because he was giving a quiet thank you to the bees. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. uh, he was. It's the, so she brought her oncologist to Canada, partially for his professional curiosity, partially because he's like this... He had the hot yeah, had the high set. That comes. That's another subplot is... To, whatever. And he, Mom says no. the oncologist asks, uh, can you tell me where you got your degree? And he says, yes. And then walks out of the room and comes <laughs> back with bees. <laughs> that sounds like something Dan would say. Yeah. It's very <laughs> odd. And then he starts doing the Liam Neeson taken face at the, do- at the oncologist when he starts doubting the bees. It's very strange. It's he get He was very serious and, and uh, wanted that guy out of the room. Yeah. So that concludes most of his involvement, but Wait a not minute. all. We saw him doing a oh. really sexy dance at the bar. <laughs> yes. So that really she, depends on your definition of so, sexy. <laughs> so our main character and uh, her oncologist are drinking at three p.m. at the bar with a jar of honey that she got for participating, and that was a big jar. Of yeah. Honey. And then she gets her tarot read, and there's a lot of drama about taking life and death seriously. And then Liam Neeson starts dancing with the juke... Puts a song on the jukebox and starts dancing. And And it's a really crazy dance. I am not comfortable with what I watched. (laughs) (laughs) He's wearing a weird sort of printed flowy shirt and waving his arms around a lot. It was not a bird shirt. He was not rocking it. Frankly, Liam Neeson, if you're listening... Yeah, um, One, um, thank you very like, much. Uh, yeah, and on the other side, I'm really glad you got paid for that, man. Because, <laughs> <laughs> shoot. Yeah. So that, I mean, and then, do they actually start slow dancing? Or, no, yeah. no, they never they never do slow dancing. They're doing weird, like, hands together. Oh, like, it's... No, looking you know, into you, each other's eyes. No, you know what dance that is? What is it? That's the dance of a frat bro thinking he's got it made with some girl who really doesn't want to dance with him. Oh. That was it. And then See, the I was on- never a frat bro. And then, of course, the oncologist steps back in to commence the slow dancing, which that's when this subplot comes back around. Oh, yeah. And then there's mild makeouts and Ugh. it's Ugh. weird. But Liam Neeson at this point in the episode is gone. He's gone. So for the purposes we of this podcast, we don't have to talk about the way the episode ended. Thank goodness. Hey, yeah. but we do have to talk about peril. We do have to talk about peril. Now... Considering he was surrounded by bees, that's a fair amount of peril. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. Have you met bees? Yes, you know I've met bees. <laughs> yes, one of them met your nose after I met it. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, um, really we have our own bee story. So, <laughs> but that's that was not that's some bias. Yeah, but then as, in, in the scope bias. of this episode, 
he's he's been living with bees for quite some time. He's been working with them. They're, they've got a relationship. So then there really isn't that much danger to his person yes, but, beyond that of, you know, the normal line of duty. But would you not consider someone that washes windows on a hundred story building in, you know, peril just because he's wearing his safety equipment and does it every day? He could still fall off and die. Well, that's that has to do with gravity. It's where then still, I would I would be with you where that is bees. absolutely perilous. They're Canadian bees. They'll be polite when they say that. Is, we talked yeah. about that. Oh yeah, <laughs> and, and the thing is with the conversion rate. Oh yeah, with the conversion rate, it'll hurt twenty percent less. <laughs> yeah. But then honestly, I've, like considering the care with which beekeepers keep their bees, the and honestly, you end up developing a lifestyle in which if you are stung, you really don't mind because it, yeah. you, they're your friends to yeah. begin with. All right. Is this a myth? Is this a mythical zero that I didn't think we would have? I kind of think that. Kind of, yeah. I think this is the mythical zero. Yeah, because mm. then he ends There's, up well, like minimal yeah, the, involvement, which really helps with the scale. He's not in it very much. Yes, that, and I would say that his involvement with the oncologist, the glowering that he does—that's that stress. That is stress. Exactly. We've, we've talked about that. We have mm-hmm. documented proof. If anyone that was stress in peril, it was the oncologist, not Liam Neeson. Yeah, and, uh-huh. and, and this is that not me, my true. parents, and TV show oncologists. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, we'd have to watch Grey's Anatomy. Yeah. Um, I I would be on board with a zero for this one, man. Yeah, for sure. I never thought I'd see the day. I give it a <laughs> solid two because of the bees. That's it. I was ten. It's on a zero. It's on a ten. It's zero. That's from personal experience. It's not very objective. That's from my <laughs> thorough hatred of bees. All right. Yeah. <laughs> I was biased on yeah. this. You can you can delete me. That's fine. Yeah, okay. <laughs> we won't delete you. All right. So you, you throw out the highest and the lowest score. Is that the deal? Yeah, yeah. It's. Oh, I was, like didn't we talk school. about this with figure skating judging, or was that something else we were doing? Yeah, we I think were so. talking about <laughs> yeah, figure it was. Yeah, it was about holding that perfect the the more the higher performer. Yeah. For when the Russian judge comes in. Yeah. yeah. Alright, so that's going to conclude part one of this. Tune in in about like 15 seconds when we do the next episode. Okay, bye. TV show. Bye. <laughs> you guys okay over there? Mm-hmm. Ah. It's been a long time since I've had Nathan in the back rub. Alright, good. Well, say it to the podcast, so... Hi, everybody! What All are... right, uh, this time we're doing less of an intro because this is going to be part two in a part three in a three-parter of the TV shows. But, but Nathan's uh, here. Oh, yeah, we've, oh, tra- yeah. we've traded out Otto for Nathan. Uh, yeah. Please post in the comments who you like the best. <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> it's me. They're all okay. my favorites. So, uh, this uh, time around, it's Miami Vice, season three, episode one. Uh, this is... Uh, gonna be really nice because it being episode one means that they have to do a fair amount of making sure we understand what's going on, as opposed to the last one, which was in episode 12. We were just jumping into the middle of a season. Except your dad and I probably watched this show. Because you guys are old like dirt, and you used to dress like that. You so <laughs> did. I oh, love yeah. those earrings. This uh, episode aired in September of 1986, and you can tell it is very 80s. It's gorgeous. And and you weren't even born yet. You were still twinkles. Yeah. No, it was... 
I don't want to say the word offensively 80s because it wasn't oh, quite beating you about the head with the concept of the 80s. 80s I don't know offensive. though. Some of those costumes were pretty loud. They were the louder. Th- loud. Okay. okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you guys weren't alive then. You don't know. I uh, certainly Season don't. three is when the I uh, what do they call it line producer an important writer's man for the show uh, Dick Wolf uh, took over. Uh, he's known for doing Law and Order. Uh, he also likes to do plots ripped from the headlines, apparently, the internet said, hmm. which is where the plot for this episode came from. Right, because this was, a, a, this was current... This was uh, a current issue. Current, yeah, uh, it was current things. Magnum P.I. did a similar one, actually, mm-hmm. uh, an episode about the Troubles. Spoilers, this is about the Troubles. Uh, I'll be honest, I didn't know much about them because it was... Before your time. It was during my time, but uh, we oh, didn't yeah. do current events in school as much as we no, probably should No, when you're six years old, I didn't talk to you about the killing in Northern Ireland. Yeah. Uh, no. The Troubles are 30-year period where uh, I think it was Ireland was at war with Britain, kind of? It was in, it was Northern Ireland. It was, I you know, Protestant versus Catholic. It was not pretty. No, and it being dramatized and then brought to the states, I mean, they, they did it. Magnum PI did it. It was a it was a thing you could do in television, and it was apparently okay. This would be very much like TV shows in the early two thousands, talking about you know having plots revolving around nine uh, eleven. Mm-hmm. I think. Well, mm-hmm. but this had more to do with the plight of a people group and the way that that getting you know Americans to be sympathetic with the plight of a yeah. people group. Where 9-11 was, you know, a terrorist attack on our own soil. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it's... And I, and I guess because we were young adults at that time, then we remember it more. Yeah, like I was a young adult for 9-11. Right. So, I don't know. In any case, Miami Vice happens to us. Uh, the zero to Neeson on this one is about five to, five to ten seconds. Mm-hmm. First lines in the episode are him. Well, first audible... The, the first... Actor lines. The first mm-hmm. thing we actually hear is the Beatles. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Shout out to the Beatles for getting that sync license. Uh, because he is a Irish pacifist, as, as, as portrayed, he's an Irish pacifist giving a slideshow presentation on an actual slide projector, because it's the 80s. Yeah, at a church. At a church about the plight of the Irish people. Well, and looking for, looking for donations. donations. Looking for donors. Uh, also, there is John Gleason, I believe, is that actor? I don't know. That guy who's the principal from mm, Breakfast Club? Yeah, I don't remember. Mm-hmm. Is that his name? Internet? Help me out here? I don't know. <laughs> Quick, stall for time. But the clothing is fantastic. <laughs> I so wore outfits like that. You know, big, you huge made outfits like shoulders. That. Um, bold Paul graphics. Gleason. Sorry. Paul Gleason. Paul Gleason. Close. Yeah. And another another nod to Liam Neeson for booking roles in which he gets to use his Irish accent. Yes. That was lovely. Uh, now, we're going to end up talking for more time on this one than we did on the previous episode because Liam Neeson is in a lot of this one. Mm-hmm. Right. Compared right. to the last one where he was in it for a few scenes. Right. Now, we are going to have some similarities with that episode. <laughs> uh, anyways, uh, the peril meter kicks off right away when a masked gunman shows up and... 
threatens to put bullets inside of Liam Neeson. True. Mm-hmm. Uh, f- With a hip-fired machine yeah. gun, presumably. Uh, Father Expendable stands in front of him, but is moved out of the way. Mm-hmm. And then he, uh, the gunman is shot by a lady cop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Undercover. I uh, Undercover lady cop, uh, who is one of the main characters... Gina. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Gina. Uh, she is. She's usual on the show. She has big hair. Mm-hmm. Of course she does. Duh. Uh, I was the only person in the 80s without big hair. Uh, <laughs> at this point, then, the uh, credits happen. Very 80s. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and then the plot kind of. It, uh, we have to split off the plot a little bit so it can come back together later because right. some of the plot is Gina going off to have unfortunate sexy times. Which, oh. boy, we were not expecting. Uh, <laughs> no. Cano- not. Canonically, this is being recorded after a few movies with Liam Neeson's sexy times that we thought we were going to avoid because this was a daytime TV show. And no, it was a Sunday evening. Nonetheless. No, it was an evening TV Still, show. Still, in the 80s, you did not expect... No, out of this show, we did. Okay, okay, yeah, it's Miami no, Vice. This show, you in... expected him to push... The limit of violence and sexuality, and all the clothing was beautiful, I, and the cars are gorgeous. I think, and the by the time we're done with this entire like run of podcast, mm-hmm. we are going to see every inch of Liam Neeson's skin except the toenails. You know, <laughs> you know the business, the critical part. <laughs> I don't know. We might see the business. Stay tuned. <laughs> I don't know. He was a fine-looking young man yeah. in the in uh, late eighties. Yeah, I yeah. uh, say. So he and Gina are. Having sexy times with sexy music, which shall come up a few times. It's Chekhov's sexy music. I think it's, I think Nathan <laughs> it was right. Really it does. It happens in the first act, the second, and the third. And you <laughs> just know what's going on. It's it's the relationship music. Yeah. No, it it's. Is. I think it Nathan is. is right. It's the Steve Martin romantic comedy music. Yep. <laughs> I think Nathan pegged it. All right. Much. Simultaneously with this. The men are having a different discussion <laughs> because they are trying to figure out who is doing the terrorism. And Interpol has showed up and said, it's Liam Neeson. He does the terrorism. Oh, he's killed eight he's men. bad dude. In it's fact, only a matter of time before in, he does it again. In fact, Stop me he's, in fact, he wants to buy rocket launchers to shoot at stuff. And could you go be undercover and buy rocket launchers? Well, they're Miami Vice. That's what they do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they go undercover and talk to a really kind of... He's, only, a, he's, he's a, a little greasy. He's a weapons guy. He's a little greasy. Uh, he's a classic bad guy. Yeah. And then they well, they go talk to his uh, act, the guy who actually has the stuff, and he looks greasy. The distributor. Mm-hmm. Yes, the He's very greasy. Yeah. But then, of course, you also have the obligatory scene where they go and talk to the dude that... I think he was trying to go for a Russian persona, but the thing is, his accent was really not that great. I think he, I, I don't. Yeah. I think he was just a like, <laughs> Maybe he was Balkan just, for sure. Yeah. Maybe he was just from Miami. Maybe. So I, the terrorists who are Liam Neeson. Oh, shocker! He's actually a dun, bad dun, guy. Done. I pay double price so that they get the missiles instead. Instead of instead the of the Miami cops. instead of the undercover cops. The undercover cops are not pleased about this. And they get mad. They get mad when they and go then to they pick get up their, their stuff. Really cool car blown up. Yes, as a demonstration, which uh, leads to uh, more yelling. A gif. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, a very classic gif of uh, 
an astonished face as the sunglasses are just dropped ever so slowly from yep. the eyes. We were both recognize that from silly internet people. Mm-hmm. See, and I'm too old to recognize yep. that. I didn't know where it was from. So that's that where that's know. from. Yeah. So that's nice and interesting. Mm-hmm. So we learned something today, kids. Indeed. Uh, <laughs> so the problem is they do not have the missiles. The bad guys have the missiles. And they want to know what could bad guys possibly do with missiles. And they start putting two and two together and come up with the Concord. I thought that's what Liam Neeson and Gina did in bed. They put... Yeah, sure. (laughs) (laughs) The Concord ran... It flew for a couple of decades back and forth from either Paris or London to a few uh, airports on the East Coast in the U.S. It was one of two supersonic liners. The other one, Russia had one that ran for a couple years, but it really didn't work that well but it was the fastest commercial jet ever made yep. still is and it was a really big deal it was a, it was very highfalutin big deal it was very big deal so to make one of them go away with rockets would be a big deal and a really excellent plot point yes so and current events i uh, the police figure out where he's going to explode the concord and go there to stop him and wait but the Interpol man, who has been very serious about trying to stop Liam Neeson, calls him and says, they're on to you. They know. He's a double-crosser. Gasp. British people. Can't trust them. Uh, yeah, since 1775. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so then, the police hatch this excellent plot to go and catch Liam Neeson in the act. And he is not in the act. So then, of course, you get to see uh, the Ed- uh, the dastardly folks get shot from a helicopter by which... Edward James, almost. Oh uh, yeah, yes. which that was that was kind of a surprise. He seems so soft spoken in Miami Vice. Yeah, and then but he has a sweet mustache. <laughs> it's great here. Yeah. So they find a whole lot of nothing, and one of the missiles is missing. Gas. Then they realize they reveal that they have in fact been suspicious of Interpol's men and checked up on him and arrest him. Mm-hmm. But the episode isn't done because they have to go to the airport where the Concord is because it's an airplane and stop him from shooting it with a missile. I thought they went to a, a car park. Mm-hmm. They, well, they, yes. they're going up to the car park that's at the airport. I oh. mm-hmm. uh, But Gina, who made the sexy times previously, knows that she can get there faster. and she's do- a woman. And does. And that's about all the explanation we get about that. Because she's at the <laughs> office, not way down out at the beach. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So they the the men get there, and they are working their way up the car park. But then we get the relationship sexy music, uh-huh. and Gina pointing a gun at Liam Neeson. Parameter! And, Don't and, make me do it. And being, if we're going to be stereotypical here, very womanly about it. <laughs> she was going to cry because she kill him. Mm-hmm. It's a little sappy and... Don't make me kill you. Not great. Oh, oh you can she, still change. She does shoot first. That she does. Because the the men get there and immediately take charge of the situation and tell Liam Neeson to put it down. At which point, he pulls a pistol to attempt to defend himself. So she shoots him, and then the men shoot him, and then he fall, Then a stuntman falls off the roof. Oh, yes. Oh, Fantastic yeah. fall. Looks nice and dangerous. And he lands, and it says, stop. On the concrete. And then the men hug Gina. And it's over. then it's over. Poof. Just a, well, a very abrupt end yeah, to the episode. You have to know that the relationship between uh, between Sonny and Gina is... Fluid? It, 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 it's 
it's there's been a lot of history. Yeah. There's, in previous seasons. A lot yes. of history in yeah. previous they, they, episodes. Let's just say and they have some history. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But, so that's but why you all wouldn't know that because you're too young. Yeah. This was, this is an example of... We've run into this in some of the older movies, too, where the ending is very abrupt. Mm-hmm. The plot reaches a conclusion, and we're done. And we're done. In the, in the roller coaster of plot, there's no coasting period at the end. Yeah. It's, well, it's like an actual. Done. You know, we're up to forty-two minutes. Yeah. You gotta be done. Have you have you seen the Star Wars roller coaster? I'm not sure. Let's not that. But anyways, it's um, really important. But anyways, it actually <laughs> with it an is. episode like this, it behaves like an actual roller coaster of you get to the you hit that final helix and then skrr, they hit you with the brakes so then you can get into the you get get back into the station and get off. But they don't get back into the station and get off. They hit the brakes then you're done. Ah. <laughs> That's the problem. Ah. There is no coasting period to get back into the station. Gotcha. Uh anyways, I Peril, yes. Peril equals Peril, yes. yes. Peril equals yes. Oh yeah, there's, for there's sure. Peril here. Peril in the first scene, he there was a, a dude threatening to fire a hip fire a machine yeah. gun right into his belly, and he's being investigated by police, and he's being. Uh, I mean, there's just stress with the weapons dealer, but but if he, it's true that he's already killed eight people, yeah, he's, this is a peril lifestyle that which, he's chosen, which we mm-hmm. don't know is true because the Interpol, Interpol yeah. guy was. Lion, yeah. pants on yeah. mm-hmm. Now at the and he also does die at the end after being full, having a lot of peril throughout. Mm-hmm. So yeah. what are we going to give this one? Not a stranger to having weapons pointed at him, but I that is an objectively perilous yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Are we up at the seven mark? I think yeah. we're up at the seven mark. Yeah. I'm, a- I'm aiming at seven. Yeah. Well, wow, that's the first time we've yeah, agreed. Sure. That's I don't unanimous. Think it's the y'all. first time we agreed, but it's. We definitely agreed quickly. It's mm-hmm. a Christmas miracle. It's yeah. a Christmas miracle. Um, any other comparisons around that rating that we need to that we need Star to Wars? Do comparing with? Hmm. Star Wars, where he we're, also died. Where he yeah. also died. Hmm. Uh, this was, by the way, his seventh eye on-screen credit. Wow. Oh, chronologically. Chronologically, he died by a gunshot, but there was no evidence of a gunshot wound. So. Well, yeah, of course not. Gunshot wounds hadn't been invented hey, and, yet, and squibs are expensive. Squibs are expensive. Yeah. I mean, that's more likely, but... <laughs> and it was a TV show. Mm-hmm. All right. They already spent all their money on clothes. All right. I <laughs> heard. After this, I will be part three of the TV shows I, with The Simpsons, which will probably be lighthearted and not feature naked Liam Neeson, though I've been wrong before. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Cheers. ASMR video. I don't know. What ASMR. That means. Huh? I don't honestly remember what ASMR stands for, but just don't Google eat, it. Don't eat your chips right next to the microphone. Oh, okay. Okay, so I started recording a while ago while Sam was eating his chips into the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> you should tell everybody who we are and what All right, we're doing. This is uh, part three of the TV shows episode of the podcast where we have swapped out. Yet another brother for yet another brother. So we've got Dan. Carrie. And Sam. Hello. All right. So we got one brother per TV show, as yeah. as was foretold. I don't know. Did your dad watch any of these? Dad was on two of them. He's well, not here for this okay, one. Okay, he's not here today. He's not here for this one. He had better things to do. Sure. Warmer places yeah. to be. So this time, we're up to The Simpsons. Season 16, a.k.a. at time of recording, about halfway through their run. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, if you own a TV or an internet-capable device or live in a first-world country, you probably are aware of The Simpsons. I was aware of The Simpsons. I don't know that I could say that yeah. I watched The Simpsons. No, it's... I might have. It's become kind of the generic standard for sitcoms because it's the longest-running one. Well, But I've probably really watched like maybe 20 episodes from start to finish. Yeah, I could probably say the same. Now, I have a sibling that really likes The Simpsons and likes the um, uh, the satirical nature of it. Mm-hmm. Which is basically what it is, but the trick with that show versus... Because there's The Simpsons and then the next two popular satirical animated long-running shows are going to be Family Guy and South Park. Mm-hmm. Family Guy relies on more... Crass humor. It's raunchier. Well, it's it's more crass humor, and they have a lot of cutaways to. We wanted to put this joke in, and we couldn't find a reason to put it in. Yeah, South Park is even worse as far as the raunchy humor goes. However, their production time is so low because mm-hmm. of their animation style mm-hmm. that they can do satirical episodes on a one week turnaround. Oh, if something happens. That's worth parodying. Yeah. Their next episode it. will be about it, not next season. Oh. Okay. So anything that The Simpsons wants to talk about, it takes so long for them to make the episode that it has to really be a big deal for it to still be a relevant parody a year later. Oh, so this is why they're picking on religion because it's been around for a while. Well, that's a different thing. <laughs> picking on religion <laughs> is always a safe thing to do because everyone always has strong opinions about it. And people have been picking on religion for a really long time. Oh, yeah. Thousands of years. Like, uh, said, since people have, come, you know, had a following. There's all sorts of people in The Simpsons. So uh, are we going to talk about this episode in particular and do our usual, like, Zero to Neeson talking? We really should. I... Because otherwise, people might not know what we're talking about, except Simpsons in general. So, uh, in this episode, they need to contrive a reason... For them to start talking about religion. Well, first of all, we should tell them that this is... What's the name of this episode? The Father, the Son, and the Holy Guest Star. (laughs) Because there's a guest star in it. And that's Liam Neeson. And I think this was interesting that you had looked it up earlier. This episode was not slated to be the season finale episode, but the Pope had died. The Pope died the week before it was was, going to air. And so they didn't air it that week. They waited a month. Out of, so became, out of respect for the Pope. It became the season finale, basically, because of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyways, uh, the if if you are not 100% aware of The Simpsons, uh, I want you to imagine any sitcom ever, <laughs> and those are the characters. Uh, because uh, you've got the stupid, fat husband, the decently attractive, competent wife, the smart kid, the rebellious kid, and the smart kid. And a and baby. No, no, the baby is a smart kid. <laughs> uh, but also Lisa. They've got two smart kids and an obnoxious kid. So, uh, for no reason whatsoever, they have a medieval festival, mostly so they can run a few uh, recurring jokes. Okay, which I didn't get because yeah. I don't know the show. Uh, for instance, the bully kid... Who is going to punch oh. the smart, the 
obnoxiously nerdy kid. Uh-huh. The kind that I would punch, even though I'm a nerdy kid. Yeah, yeah. Uh, when she tells him that he's a guard and she does that kind of obnoxious laugh, mm-hmm. that's the laugh the bully does, but she's doing it to him, so it's funny. Oh. See? That kind of thing. The okay, problem is that we are we are 16 seasons into a show mm-hmm. with so many running jokes that they don't have to explain it anymore. They're 16 seasons in. They, they never suspected that somebody like me would come in and just watch yeah. one episode. Yeah. So you, for instance, would be very confused as to why there was a Hispanic bee man at the pancake dinner. I was kind of confused <laughs> about that. I just thought, that's just... He just exists in the town mm-hmm. and is there. I don't know if they've ever had an episode explaining him or if he's just the Hispanic bee man. So, The Simpsons is really a show that continues on because it has a faithful following. It does. And you pretty much had needed to have watched from the beginning, mm-hmm. or you're confused like I was. Yep. Now, okay. a, now, a lot of it, you don't need to do, you don't need to know too much. Like, you didn't need a lot of setup for them to explain that Bart Simpson does pranks and doesn't take things seriously. Right. That came across in the episode quite nicely. Mm-hmm. Uh, so things go wrong with their medieval festival because they are mean to their Scottish janitor. Yeah. <laughs> who is basically always talking about stuff. It's very weird. Yeah. And he gets expelled from school. For the first... I don't know if this is the first time. You'd think he would have been expelled sooner. <laughs> I don't know, but I was, I He's actually asked... He's also been for a very long time. <laughs> I asked during this first one-third of the program if we were watching the correct episode. Because it's a very slow burn to get to the topic of religion and also the inclusion of Liam Neeson. Right. Because they spend time establishing it, which mm-hmm. I don't mind. Right. They didn't just... It isn't like Seinfeld where in the first 30 seconds they're like, this is the quirky, wacky thing we're doing this episode. Mm-hmm. Or I think Family Guy would do the same thing, where right. it's just right off the bat. Uh, and I did like that he was sent to St. Jerome Catholic School, because that's a, uh, the name Jerome is a name that is not favored in our family. Is St. Jerome a real saint? Yes. What is he the saint of? I don't know. He's I'm the, looking it He's up. the patron saint of grandpas who don't like their middle names. <laughs> St. Jerome. So if you guys were using that as a, you know, one of your internet things that no one would ever think of, now I just told the internet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Okay. Now here comes the music. Because they're looking things up on their phones now. And I, my phone's in the kitchen. He is the patron saint of archaeologists, archivists, Bible scholars, librarians, libraries, School children, students, uh, translators. Oh, so it's the school priest for the school. The okay. patron saint of school children, go. Gotcha. Okay. So, creativity thus thrown out the window. We go no, there. But I think that they, they get little points for looking something up. Uh, <laughs> they then run Bart through the stereotypical uh, Irish Catholic nun school teacher. Pretty quickly, mm-hmm. uh, where he is then out in the hall in a punishment of sorts, and Father Sean, with Liam Neeson's most Irish of accents. I know, but I think he's got the good cop voice. <laughs> he he was being yep. he, he was doing he was approaching good cop voice, but he's mm-hmm. also leaning into his Irish accent, mm-hmm. possibly more than it is at, naturally at this point. Well, with uh, how much time he's spent doing non-Irish roles, right, right. We uh, certainly don't hear that no. I, that forced Irishiness. No. 
So now he's... So we're one-third the way through yeah. into the show. We get Liam Neeson in there. He shows Bart comics about how cool the saints are, and basically that immediately converts him to Catholicism. Because we have to move through this episode fast. It's only 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Homer goes to take his son away from Catholicism because he's speaking Latin and that's weird. And praying before he eats. Yeah. And... And goes to a pancake bingo night and is immediately converted to Catholicism. Wait, no, he first confesses all of his sins in a small montage. <laughs> and then is converted. No, but he's he realize, he's told that he cannot be absolved of his sins uh, until he unless he's Catholic. And then he... So, okay. So, so now he, he has to go through the, you know, the final steps yeah. and uh, Father Sean is... Is more than happy to add Homer to the first communion class mm -hmm. of other eight-year-olds. So now the so now Marge, the mom, teams up with their neighbor Ned, who is just—he's the evangelical guy. No, the well, he's the guy in the sweater. Oh, he's vest the big mustache with guy. the big mustache guy. The evangelical guy is yeah. the other one. No, Ned is about the most PG person you can refer find. to themselves as. Uh, Presbo, Presbo Presbo Lutheranism or something. Yeah, it's it's very odd. They are making fun of their own religion and whatever. It's very weird. But they have sort of a Protestant versus Catholic fight. AKA, I thought we had dealt with this a while ago. <laughs> no one named Martin or Luther shows up, which I think is a missed opportunity. Yeah. Oh. And. At the very end, the kid has the big epiphany moment and all the adults listen to him, which is the way about 25% of all Simpsons episodes end, I think. That Bart really knows what's going on? Well, one of the one of the children characters mm -hmm. comes to their senses before all the adults do. That's also a way that 25% of Family Guy and 100% of all small South Park episodes end. <laughs> there aren't adults on South Park. Oh, yeah, there are. Oh. <laughs> They're all idiots. Yeah. Oh, wow. And then it ends with a joke about how the future will be a religious war about what Bart Simpson thought. Yeah. Were they in Let's Utah? Hope not. I don't know, but it was it was that Bart was Catholicism, and then his friend Milhouse is Protestantism or something. It was very weird, and then the episode was over. It it seemed to end rather abruptly. When they, they well, the idea was done. They weren't gonna yeah. add more jokes to an idea that was done. I guess I was, I was... <laughs> expecting more, which was foolish. Yeah. I... <laughs> if... Of the Simpsons episodes I've seen, it's not as good as other ones. Mm -hmm. Well, I think that Liam Neeson was in zero peril. Oh, he was... No, no, no. no. Paintball. Paintball. That's not peril. That's... Point five. Point five. Uh, no, I don't <laughs> point even There is at least point five peril. No, he's not going to die playing. He baseball. wasn't wearing a face mask. He was. He was not he wearing was in a safety there, there was absolutely no protective equipment. Was he just driving the gator, or was he shooting? He, was, was he had he? a gun. He was driving a gator and shooting a paintball gun. Okay, now they're looking up at their phones again. I'm pulling up. I'm pulling up the spreadsheet so I can put point five in there because you're outvoted. Oh, oh! I made mac and cheese for them. And they're outvoting me on this. Yeah. This I is, think we're going to get the internet comments going on this one. Oh, okay. You really should not outvote your mother when she makes you a delicious lunch. Or you shouldn't outvote your mother at any time. That's a tip, children. I take it back. 
He's not wearing a full face mask. He is wearing goggles. Ha. That's not good enough. Ha! I but win. But that is all. He is driving and shooting simultaneously. Oh, like one of your ancestors. Which yes. is probably more perilous than if he was in the sidecar where Homer is. Granted, if Homer was driving and he was in the sidecar, that would be a two on the peril meter. Yes, because, <laughs> ha ha, Homer's not a good driver. He drives, like, into their house. Yes, often. No, he almost got hit in the, in the, I know, in but the, in the opening. Yeah. Right, but he's just a bad driver. Okay. Okay. Oh, fine. (laughs) And then he laughs at me. Okay. This concludes the three TV shows that Liam Neeson is in at time of recording. If there's a new one later... We'll decide. We'll deal with that. Uh, Also stay tuned at some point for when I make Mom experience the beginning of Fallout 3, which will also be another special edition. He's the dad of the main character of Fallout 3. Yeah. I, I don't know and if I'm looking for it. And if I recall correctly, spoiler alert, dies fairly quickly, so you won't have to be watching yeah. it for long. Random fact about Liam Neeson. A song came up on my uh, Spotify random playlist, and it starts with him, like some clip of him talking. Can't even remember what song it was, but okay. I heard that this week and thought of this. Thank uh-huh. you for the information. Perfect. Alrighty, we done. Bye.